0: People are still doing the work, most of the Uh work. And a lot of that work in our space is knowledge work, but it's also kind of that manual labor of how do we make sure that the right people with the right crafts are coming together. Uh and We believe in a cross-functional small teams to move these ideas forward. Hey Dan.
1: Good morning, George. How are you? What do you got for us today?
0: I am well. Thank you for asking. And good. Good. Yeah. Um we're we're marching through. We're getting close to the end of what we've been referring to as the Kramer framework. Although hmm. I have suggestions for other names. Do you want to talk about that now or later? Like a, a model. Yeah, I was thinking model system. Mm-hmm. Like it's a system of things and it's not really a crema system. It's more like a teamwork system or a team framework or a team model. Okay. I don't know. We can come back to that later. Not important. Hey, if you're listening and you have a a suggestion, we'll take it. We're we're curious. We're trying to figure it out. Okay. So let's do a real quick recap of... What we've covered so far if you've been listening you've heard these recaps recaps oh i'm sorry recaps (laughs) at the beginning of i hope you don't feel that way about them um of each episode kind of talking through we're just going to keep going just keep it all in keep it all in um uh talking through what we mean when we're talking about this framework this system that we think about is important for teams Mm -hmm. to do the best work possible right and we might even say to be the most adaptable, to be the most productive—you know, whatever word you want to put it to kind of describe a, a high-functioning team. What mm-hmm. do we think is important for those teams to be thinking about? Right. Um, we've we've been able to kind of collect them into three main pillars, three main categories called postures, disciplines, and structures. And then in each of these pillars, there's kind of four categories of themes or ideas. Mm -hmm. So in postures, you have, what is your posture? What's your mindset? What's your feelings? How are you entering the space and approaching the work that you're about to do both um, on your own and as a team? Mm -hmm. And um, those include curiosity. So that ability to kind of say, what if, and Mm -hmm. maybe what could we do and have empathy for another perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, humility. So that's that ability to say, I have a lot to learn. I need to stay humble. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to be willing to grow. Uh, But on the flip side of that, there's confidence, right? So we find sometimes humility can take over and you become kind of meek and quiet Mm -hmm. and and don't step up to a a challenge. And I think that confidence is that ability and willingness to step up to any challenge and take on the hard work,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And then finally, perseverance. And perseverance is really this idea of how do you bounce back fast, right? How do you know that if you're going to try to do this hard work that we're talking about, which is around product teams and innovation and creative work, knowledge work, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. Right. So the question is, is how quickly can you bounce back? And that's perseverance. Mm-hmm. So curiosity, humility, confidence, and perseverance, those are our postures. Then there's disciplines. So this is the activity, the, the thinking, and then the doing, this is the doing, right? So what are the things that you should be on a regular basis making sure you're including in your rhythms and your in your habits um, on a daily basis, weekly basis, quarterly, yearly, et cetera? Um, but make sure that you're accounting for each of these areas. The first one is explore. Um, we find that a lot of organizations struggle to actually get stuck in the fact that they're just doing and doing and doing and doing, and they're not looking up at the horizon and seeing what's coming towards us. What mm-hmm. should we be thinking about? Where should we be paying attention to how the world is changing around us? And that's explore. You also find that in explore, you can and look for new opportunities to to get better or to to see um. I guess by definition of the word opportunity, but to see another direction you could go that might actually get better results rather than just saying it's the way we've always done it. Let's just keep doing right. it this way. Right. Um, explore contribution. Contribution is literally what's the work you're doing? What is the thing that you're bringing? The skills, the capabilities, the 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 work product mm-hmm. that is leading to the outcome, the result, the purpose,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So we yeah. all bring different contributions to the team and then the team as a whole brings contribution to the, the purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finally, um, the last two are feedback. So once we're doing the work, we have to ask ourselves, Is are we doing the right work? Is right. this work effective? Is it actually getting the results we want? And those are feedback loops. So those are asking mm-hmm. questions of, did we make, make the right thing? Are we doing the best work together? Mm-hmm. Is there something that um, I could do better? Right. And I could do it to help you, and we could do it to help each other, and we could that all will help the thing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's a yeah. feedback loop, and there's can be feedback feedback loops in your products, in your teams, for yourself, mm-hmm. and then finally in your disciplines is rest. And we talked quite a bit about this, but this idea that you need to to find times to stop. See what it did there? I tried to, you know, that okay. I would did not even see that coming. Wow. I know, but it, it, it was effective, right? It to, was. So, so the stop, the rest is a really almost powerful. I almost lost my breath on that one. <laughs> um, to uh, look for opportunities to say, one, how can we recover so that we can come back and do really good contribution and feedback and, and exploration? But also, how can we look for opportunities to celebrate? How can we look for opportunities to just clear our minds enough to go, is what we're doing the right thing to be doing? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where a good rest, whether that's a vacation, a celebration, a, um, you know, a good night's sleep, all good ways to help us do better work
1: or a 15 minute walk around the block before you start your next thing.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love that idea of like short rests are a really great way to keep that momentum up, Mm -hmm. um, up high throughout the day or through the week. Okay. So we talked about postures, that's then disciplines, uh, as are the thinking and the doing, but then there's a the question of like, what do we have to work with? What are our ingredients? And we, we, we unpacked that over the last few episodes, this idea of what are our structures, the things that we have underneath us that is kind of determining where we're going, what we have to work with. And so far we've unpacked purpose, which is really the, the, the North Star, the, mm-hmm. the direction and the why behind. Why, mm-hmm. why does this team exist? Why does this company exist? Why does this initiative or project exist? And making sure that we're all aligned on that is going to be crucial to make sure that we're contributing in the right way, that we're exploring the right things, that we're, we're um, pulling in the right people, et cetera purpose is number one. Number two is people, right? The reality is at least until AI and, and robots take over the world, people are still doing the work, most of the mm-hmm. work. And a lot of that work in our space is knowledge work, but it's also kind of that manual labor of how do we make sure that the right people with the right crafts are coming mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And we believe in a cross-functional small teams to move these ideas forward. hmm and so this is people, when we talked about people, it's mostly about how do you structure your people? How do you set up your people in the right way um, to be, to get the most effective work done today, all that, all that to lead to mm. today, to this moment, Dan, are you ready for it? Lay it on me. Resources. Mm. What it's do not you mean? Really, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not a really exciting word. I'll say it right. right now. It's not one that everybody goes, Ooh, yes. I want to talk about resources. Mm. But if we're honest with ourselves, it's actually probably what we all talk about the most mm-hmm. or complain about the most or deal with the most mm-hmm. is, um, do we have enough resources? Do we have too many resources? Mm-hmm. And, well,
1: But even picking up a little bit, I think structures is the one that everything, it's the one pillar that I think is the might be the pivotal one of all three, um, mm-hmm. even though we don't, even we don't we, have a I don't think we child. readily say, we don't it.
0: have a favorite child.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not a favorite one, but it's the glue that holds things together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, think of, uh, think of entering into a new game at a friend's house or someone says, Hey, do you want to play? And you sit down. One of the first rules is like, okay, how do I play? Yeah. What, what are the rules? How do I win? Mm-hmm. Um, who goes first? Mm-hmm. Or on the box, how many people can play? Yeah. And that's for two to four people. Right. What, whatever. The, those are structures. And
0: then as you start playing, you start to think about ooh, what mindset. Exactly. It's have. like, what's
1: my strategy? But you can't even base a strategy if you don't even know how to play. It's like, because yeah. then you'll start. It's like, well, you can't do that. Why? It's like, because it's against the rules. It's like, well, I wish I would have known that. You know, yeah. the, just, it's the structures. You know, you walk into a. Or, you know, remember gym or PE or whatever. Going back to sports. I like it. Yeah. It's like you walk in, it's like, all right, we're going to play a game today. What do they, you spend the first, what, 20 minutes doing what? Explaining the rules before you start playing the game. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then there's wiggle room and flexibility and room for expression and, you know, fun plays or whatnot within that, but you have to know the structures. And so when you think about resources, like resources, but underneath the, underneath all of it, we're asking that question all the time. I just don't think all that's really know or we really would focus on it that much. Yeah.
0: What are, what are some examples? And maybe we can, this is probably true at the organizational level, but let's, as much as possible, we'll scope it down to the team since this is really about a team system model framework. Um, what are the resources that a team needs to be thinking about or considering?
1: Well, I think uh, if you want to bring it to a use case with our client, some common questions are, you know, what's your budget? Mm -hmm. um so capital Capital. yeah yeah what uh what resources do you have from a financial standpoint that can um get the project up and running maintain it and then also future capital for future needs so again capital around that um who who's our point of contact so humans and people um, are also resources what uh so one thing i kind of hate uh, i hate
0: the term human resources but but for the purpose of this like you need humans to get the work done so yeah
1: who do you have? Yeah. If you were to define resources, like all the, all the things that, or yeah, all the things that I need access to, or I need available to make something happen. People mm-hmm. are involved. Humans mm-hmm. are involved. Mm-hmm. And so a question might be, uh, who's our point of contact or what other individuals will we be working alongside and partnering with on this project? Yeah. yeah. And what's then you their can start role to, and what's their
0: capabilities? Yeah. Right,
1: understand the team makeup and all of that. Um, yeah. Material goods and tools. So um, we bring our tools to the, to the project, whether it's Jira or a number of other tools we use, collabor- you know, Miro for collaboration or what, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. But then we also are asking what what tools they're bringing. Um, yeah. Could be from, you know, what cloud service, you know, might we build this product in or whatnot. So again, mm-hmm. understanding all those tools, how they might integrate, how they don't play well together. Again, um, a structure there. And yeah. then uh, the one that kind of rules all things, all living things, time. Uh, Is it real?
0: (laughs) You guys want to take this? this, I look older. It's evidence. I look older (laughs) to a super philosophical, metaphysical. I mean, like, what is time? It just keeps. It's the wrinkles on my face. Yeah. Or the lack of hair. Yeah. I was going to say it's yours is the lack of hair. Mine is the literal (laughs) creases in my forehead.
1: Yeah. So, right. Uh, So, yeah, time. Uh, We all have a, a certain amount um, and so if you want to get down to the project, it's like, you know, when, when does this product need to be finished? Yeah. What's motivating um, that time, right? Yeah. How much time do we have between our first uh, regroup or before our in- first interaction with your users and how we might interact with them? You know, there's time around that weeks, days, hours, whatever you want to mm-hmm. measure by whatever that unit of measurement by. But yeah, capital, humans, material goods slash tools specifically for
0: our industry yep. and then time. Yeah, we don't have a lot of going back to the material goods. That's that tends to be one of the resources that organizations will talk about especially if you're building a product because it's, you know, like for instance what was the um the Ford F150s, they didn't the manufacturers. Yeah, the semiconductors. They didn't have that material resource and so literally there was just thousands of mm-hmm. F150 sitting like in parking lots across stadiums because they mm-hmm they just have one piece missing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have as much of that issue, although I think a lot of our material resources could come down to, yeah, tools, you know, what what collaboration platforms we're using, but also, you know, depending on the scale, of the products that we're building or the need, it's do we have enough server space? Um, do we have enough, you know, backup systems? Uh, Certain hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I wanted to kind of maybe camp on each of these for a little bit. Mm. So let's go back to capital money. Mm. Um, it's interesting because there's one thought, which is if I just had enough, what's the, this, the, the, the idea of if you just had enough time and money, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like part, part of me says that is true. But I think that if you don't have the constraint of time and money, Mm-hmm. Then you won't. You'll never be creative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so I think there's something really interesting about the fact that you can see some some wildly successful companies, especially at crucial points in time. Let's say the kind of 2008, 2009, or the early mid mid early 2000s, when all these startups were coming out of universities. Now, what they had was time, right? Because they're at school. They don't have to work a full-time job. They maybe are taking classes, but they might not be going, but capital wasn't, they didn't have any capital. Mm -hmm. Um, they might've maxed out credit cards just to spin up a server, but they, they didn't, there wasn't like they had millions of dollars to get some of these ideas that we now know as multi-billion, some of the biggest companies in the world, Facebook, you know, um, Uber, Airbnb, a lot of these organizations were not born from unlimited resources and capital, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, they were born from the constraint of those resources. Now, as you said, it's how much money and time do I have now? And then there's the uh, how much money and time will I have when when we have to kind of be scaling this or kind of growing mm-hmm. it or turning yeah. it into something. And right. I think that's that's a hard thing to kind of manage is like, what do you have to work with now versus what will you have to work with later? And that's why a lot of organizations uh, or you know, startups will raise tons of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think why we would say that this is a constraint that can incentivize creativity is because, well, I mean, think of uh, okay, think of a remodeling project. A lot of times your questions are, okay, what items can we kind of maybe go cheaper on? Yep. But what are the big ticket items of quality items that we need to put most of our, our money into? And then you got options.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: same with a product or running a company, it's like, okay, we're anticipating that we're gonna have, you know, X amount millions of dollars in revenue, maybe a certain amount of margins. What are our options for next year? Knowing that yeah. we want to accomplish this. Well, we could invest here or we can invest there again. It, it brings, um, I think it also, that constraint can bring opportunities because then you start asking questions like, well, what are our other options that maybe
0: won't you wouldn't require?
1: Yeah. won't require as much money. Um, but it could have just as much impact. And, um, that's always a good exercise, yeah. is to identify what 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 are the priority items that we're just going to have to sink money into. It just makes sense, and it's wise. It's it's a good stewardship of it. But what I are think those? Even areas if you where do have, have a lot of capital, yeah, yeah, just be yeah, yeah. It doesn't require that you need to spend it. Um, but what is that um, stewardship and creativity can go along together. They yes. don't have to. You don't have to be known as a as a, maybe a stingy or completely frugal type company. And you don't have to be completely, you know, spin thrifty and, uh, you can do both at the same time and seeing it as a constraint, I think can fuel and almost give you a sense of, Oh, I I can be creative here. I do have room to play here with this constraint. It's not, it's not limiting me. It's actually giving me the freedom to be
0: creative. I think even if you do, yeah, to, to to kind of echo what you're saying, even if you do have the resources, forcing yourself to think about constraining those resources will 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 make you look at the the problem in a different way. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of what we're talking about with teams, most teams that we worked with will go, oh, yeah, I wish we had more time and more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we wish we had it just as much as you wish we had it, because of course we always want our clients to have a little bit more time and more money, because that's how we make business work. Right. Um, but also it's sometimes I'm thinking about a project that we just recently wrapped up and they basically came back and said, Hey guys, we only have you know, X amount of dollars. Uh, and truly we understand that means we probably only get you for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And in, but it, then it became not a negotiation. It became a conversation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which I don't think there's, there's nothing wrong with negotiating, but but we we try to turn it towards a conversation. Okay, okay. Well, what can we do mm-hmm. within those limited that limited time and resources? Right. And in this case, they narrowed the scope down. They narrowed the focus of the effort down, and really focused on what was going to have the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing was is once they knocked those things out, some of the team was able to go, oh, you know what. While we've been working, we keep hearing this one thing. It's not on the list. The team, we didn't commit to it, but we just keep hearing this one thing talked about. And because we actually constrained ourselves to not get distracted by all this other stuff, I think this one thing would be icing on the top. I think this one thing would be really important to put in play. And so the team jumped in kind of a little extra to knock Mm -hmm. that out. Mm -hmm. And that made the project. But have we not constrained ourselves we would have never even gotten had the space right. to think about that yeah. one thing. Yep. Um, okay. So it makes me think of, um, Warren Buffett a little bit too. Um, you know, he's notoriously, I mean, was one of the richest guys in the world. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But notoriously like drives a inexpensive car. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, that's his own personal choice. I just don't think he cares about cars. Um, I care a little bit more about cars. <laughs> I, I, I really want an electric vehicle. Um, but it's interesting to me that that constraint in some ways probably forces them to look at things differently. Right. Okay. Yep. So that's, so, so capital is one thing. How do, how do organizations, so a lot of the companies that we work with are enterprises or, or mid to large size companies, how <clears throat> it's a little bit different when you're talking about a, um, a startup because they're going to go to an investor, mhm or they're going to pull from a seed of friends and family or some capital at least to, to feed themselves. Although we've right. seen people eat, you know, eating peanut butter for a few months to to I to get it up off butter. the ground. I do I love peanut been butter; been delicious. I'm so glad I'm not aller- I'm allergic to it because yeah. There's just so much is great with just peanuts. a just a good tablespoon of Jif, right on a spoon, just mm-hmm. right in the mouth, just right in the mouth. If you whip it with honey or maple syrup, oh, yeah. it's great stuff. Yeah, dip an apple absolutely. of it. Apple in it. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about. Okay, no. But where? How did we get to peanut butter?
1: Somebody's. Oh, coming. oh. Uh, you might be eating peanut butter for a couple months. Ah, yeah, yeah. So shoestring so, budgets, peanut butters.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there is something to say for the fact that a, a startup a small team that isn't paying their people yet. Nobody's taking a salary. They've committed to say, we're going to live a different life. Mm -hmm. And the sacrifice is, is capital. They're sacrificing capital to do other things in life, but they're making a commitment. We'll talk about that later. They're making a commitment to survive in this new way until they can they can build a product either with their own hands and skills or you know negotiating with people without money Mm -hmm. to get it up and off the ground that's the story of the startup Mm -hmm. and then of course then you go to investors and say hey look at the hard work we're doing look at the sacrifice we're doing look at the the dream that we're casting look at the potential of this return will you will you release some of your capital to be a part of this story Mm -hmm. That's a startup story. What does it look like? Maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Dan. What does it look like for an enterprise? Because mm-hmm. you're you're not gonna ask your team to, to eat peanut butter. <laughs> you know, like there's always there's always an expense going out.
2: Mm-hmm. So how
0: how do, you, how do how do teams think about capital and the constraint or access to it mm-hmm. inside of a larger organization?
1: Well, <clears throat> I'd like to think that it's based off priority. Um, So we'll just kind of maybe use that as a model or a use case Mm -hmm. is that, I mean, a lot of our clients, we know that, you know, as representative, probably most enterprises every year, they have a specific timeframe, however long that lasts, where budgeting goes into effect. Um, And they probably ask a lot of questions like how much did we spend last year? Um, How much, you know, it might be, how much do you need to, depending on the type of center, they are revenue generating center or cost centers, like how much to support your staff? What do you want to invest in? Um, so let's just speak to maybe a lot of our clients who are more on the revenue generating side, they're building mm-hmm. product, um, where they'll probably look at a product roadmap. Where do we want to be in 12 months? And what do we realistically think, um, that will cost. And a lot, a lot of questions are probably around speed. Yeah. Because, um, for example, what we're doing at our company right now, we have a goal around scaling up, um, increasing our workforce for the goal of our purpose, which is to continue to provide more impact and serve more people um, through more innovation and more creativity. Um, but the amount of investment that takes depends completely on how fast you and I want to get there. Yeah. So, for an enterprise, it's like, well, we want that product within six months, not 12. Okay, right. well, that's a constraint. That's a time, I'm not jumping ahead, but yeah. that will determine the amount of, um, and these are all connected, the material goods I'll need that'll determine. The, these are, you are know, all ta- exactly, <clears throat> on
0: you. they're, they're pulleys on each other. Yeah, exactly. For
1: sure. um, and so, I think that budgeting process is around, it has to support strategy. What's your financial strategy to help accomplish your? strategy, your product strategy over the next year. yeah, Um, And what is that going to cost? And how fast do you want to get there? It's like, well, if I had this amount of money, I could actually get there faster. I could get there Mm -hmm, in nine mm -hmm. months versus 12. Um, And then whoever is the individual or individuals that control that amount of money um, will then make that decision based off what's good for the organization. And they're also looking forward of like, okay, how much do we think we're growing from a revenue standpoint, and what are we investing in as a company? Because you know, if a company is investing half a billion dollars into a warehouse. Right, that will affect all other things. Yeah, that will affect. It's like, well, you know, we can't release that much money because we have a big organizational goal, which is to again, we need to build this warehouse, thinking believing that we're going to sell more product and need more storage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's interwoven in the thread of planning for budget and money. Yeah, and capital and it, goes through all. Aspects of an organization.
0: Yeah. And I think that one thing that I, I hope most organizations would or I, I desire from organizations, and we try to do this, although I think we even we could get better at it, is how do you how do you both educate your people on what capital you have to work with? So there's a certain level of transparency with capital. Because I think one of the challenges that we find or that we see sometimes is that. Teams will be kind of walking in the blind, walking blind, Mm -hmm. meaning they know they currently are getting paid. (laughs) They know that their boss has said it's okay to be working on this, but they don't know truly what their runway looks like. Mm -hmm. So they don't know. Well, we've only got X amount of dollars budgeted toward this this year which means we can't hire, which means we're probably already over a budget, you know, like right. they don't know what they have to work with. So I think part part of the, maybe the principles towards thinking about capital or any of these these um, resources for that matter is, is a level of transparency mm-hmm. across Absolutely. the team. So how much are you communicating? Hey team, just FYI, this client, this initiative, this project, this product doesn't have unlimited resources. hmm so what can we do within X? Like, let's define right. it within this amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the question has to be, especially when you're talking about product with innovation and technology, is that this is, this is a, a long game. Mm-hmm. So then the question has to be, okay, are we anticipating that budgets will get released? Meaning some other revenue generating part of the, part of the company will be funding this? hmm until this becomes self-funded your self, um, yeah, funding itself or it's paying mm-hmm. for itself? Or is it truly like, you no, know, we had a cash event, we sold off a building, we have a little bit of capital and it's like, it's a limited finite resource. Mm-hmm. Even that needs to be transparent because if you only have only what's in the bucket and the bucket never gets refilled, You have to look at what you're about to build and what your approach is completely different because now all that matters is that the thing makes money for itself as soon as possible because that's the only way you can keep working on it Mm -hmm. versus no, this is a long-term investment for our organization. We've got other revenue drivers or other profit centers that are going to support the long-term outcome of this initiative, this creative work, this this X, Y, and Z, this team Mm -hmm. so that we see it either support what we're already doing over here or it becomes a new line of revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it has to be done with transparency.
1: And the amount of uh, capital resources that especially public companies have is enormous, even outside their revenue. Sure. You know, um, whether that's taking on debt or issuing stock or whatever that looks like, but raising money and getting that money um, is not typically not an issue.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Oh, who was I talking to? Or maybe I was reading something that was basically like almost any large company, if they truly believed in the investment of the initiative or the project or the product or whatever that thing is that's being um, rallied for, mm-hmm. they could find the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so budget is almost rarely the, the core issue Mm-hmm. although everybody complains about it because it's where kind of rubber hits the road.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because it comes down to, well, do you want to get a raise? Mm-hmm. Then we're not going to have more people for your team. And there's diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. If I just, oh gosh, gosh, how many companies have we seen? that are like, well, just throw more bodies at it. Right. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. We know that. That's why we. Mm-hmm. Well, it's why we argue for smaller, more cross-functional, collaborative teams. Speaking of humans, you just segued oh, right into it. I did. I kind of was. I was meaning to, and then I got distracted. Which I, I like it. Uh, side note: I listened to our last episode. I know you don't listen to our episodes. That's. I appreciate that. I actually like that. <laughs> but I'm. I'm always curious. And I rambled on. So just every once in a while, just be like, stop, stop, stop rambling. Uh, people all right dan people yep talk about people um we we already had the conversation around the structure of people but when you think about people as a resource the amount of people you have the skills that you have uh, available in your organization how should how should teams Mm -hmm. i guess the question is is how should teams be thinking about the resource of people
1: Mm -hmm. oh man you could talk a lot about that i think okay so where i like to start is um uh, I like what Jim Collins says. For the most part, I think it's right on the money. Is first who, then what? So get the right people on the bus, so your company, and then get them in the right seat. Um, and so when you think about a structure that might be, it provides guide rails and constraints for greater creativity. Is there's, in my opinion, there's nothing better you can do for both, so that your people thrive, but also mm-hmm. that your company thrives is and we use a lot of language around this but get them in a place where they're going to flourish that builds on their skill set and their strengths right and unlocking their potential so we talk a lot about multiplying which we got from a great book called multipliers is how do you get more than 100% from your people where you know obviously that's not possible but where they they feel like oh yeah i'm giving a lot more than i ever have Mm -hmm. because I've been invested into, I've been placed in the right spot and Mm -hmm. my potential Mm -hmm. has been unlocked. So if you think of getting creative with a budget of like, okay, what are all our options here with this money? Okay. We we could do, we could put it here. We could save it here. Um, What are, what's all the strategy and and, and are our options their opportunities? Well, it's the same thing with the individuals on your team. Yeah. It's like where, what capabilities will we need and do we have that on staff or If we don't have the capability, who is showing the tendency or the potential to be really good at that? Okay, great. Then we're going to take a little bit of money out of the capital uh-huh. bucket, and we're going we're to train this individual so they can develop that skill
0: set. And out of the time bucket, because there'll be a time commitment to yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. But we don't necessarily have to increase our workforce. So mm-hmm. I think the idea is like, well, always get bigger, always bring more, always bring more, always throw more bodies. And that's not yeah. true. I think yeah. most people, if they have a human resource problem. A lot of the first thing is like, I need more people. Mm -hmm. Well, you may not need more people. You just may need need more senior people. (laughs) Right. You may just need to do a better job of investing into your people. Um, You can get so much out of small teams. Oh yeah. As long as you pay attention to how they're orchestrated. It's like, it's like being an architect. It's like, okay, here I have all these wonderful people. Um, Where can I place them? Where can I put them so that they can do the best work of their lives And our team is just humming and performing well. Yeah. So for me, when I think about, you know, who do we have on staff and who are who are the people here? It doesn't always have to be we need more to accomplish this. Maybe we just need to be better at investing in them. Maybe we just need to be better at finding the best way to deploy their skills and their potential.
0: I think we've even heard this inside of Crema recently as we're growing. This is the, the, the 2021 was the biggest growth year for us mm. that we've ever had. And, and we're thinking about some new areas for focus and some new, both, both services and capabilities. And we've been asking all the team, like, do you think we should go this direction? They're like, yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind even doing some of that. But I need the time, I guess the budget to go learn. Mm-hmm. and um, And the investment into me... To do that mm-hmm. which means we'll have to make a, an investment or strategic decision we i guess we being the organization will have to make that decision to say yeah it's okay that that person maybe is not billable for a little while mm-hmm. while they're getting better at something that hopefully will be even maybe a higher billable rate or a, an additional service a different area that we can we can do more in the future mm-hmm. and that that uh, goes. I'm thinking back to the postures and disciplines that goes back to that exploring
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and kind of resting, that kind of stopping and saying, should we do this now? Should we allow this person to kind of step away for a second? Right. To get better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you and I have found investing in your people, especially young, hungry. I say young, like young and skill capability perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: the person that is hungry and willing to grow. Mm-hmm that's like, that's, that's the true human resource that you do. You just want to say, like, how do I invest into Mm -hmm. that? If you think Mm -hmm. of it as a, as a, as an asset, you know, you're investing into it. Um, it's so powerful and it's cool to see somebody like go, I know how to do this now. Right. Uh, That's the best. Yep. Yep. Right. That's good. Humans. And we, again, we talked about people in the previous episodes. Um, but I think, and I, I do, I do struggle with the term human resources because it kind of dehumanizes a person just to being a, to being an asset or a number. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you think about it as an, as an investment into something that you care about and that you want to see get better, that's, that can be really cool.
1: I actually think the word you use there makes sense. Asset Mm -hmm. asset, something that is valuable yeah you know invaluable to your organization so like a human asset or people assets that makes total sense to me cool i'm glad i accidentally said it yeah <laughs> that was great
0: um okay moving on to the the fourth one The, the I, we're gonna material goods but i'm i think material goods for us primarily is tools and platforms mm-hmm. um <laughs> i'm a tool nerd and we've talked about yeah this you before. are Oh no, I my mean, gosh if anything, it can be quite distracting. You and I were having breakfast <laughs> yesterday and, and it was like, so uh, why? Actually, somebody else on the team called me out. They're like, why are you uh, spending time trying out knowledge-based tools? When, is that the best use of your time? And I'm like, <laughs> that's a good question. It's a very valid question um, as being the CEO of our company. And I'm just uh. signing up for a, bench, a bunch of different SaaS tools. Um, the reason I love tools it partly is, is 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 has a dual purpose. One is just to see what the industry is doing right now and what what UX is happening and what products mm-hmm. are what products are are being built in the world, but also because I know when you have the right tool, it unlocks that human resource. <laughs> right. Um, we have seen so many organizations that are like, I don't know, we just use Office 360, which isn't is a great tool. It has its place. But it has its limitations as well. And mm-hmm. it's not right for everything, but because organizations bought a, a license to it years and years and years ago, and they know how to manage it right. years and years and years over, they're never going to think about a different tool. Mm-hmm. We tend to be extremely adaptable in our tools where we'll say, this this tool that we've been using for a while, maybe it's not right. Um, we used to do everything in Asana, everything in Asana. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Asana is not a great tool for developing project products. Mm -hmm. Like managing developers. It's a great tool for project management, for Mm -hmm. task management, Mm -hmm. but not not for, you know, um, large software. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Issuing tickets. Jira is the better tool for that. I hate Jira. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a developer though. It's a purpose built tool for that need. It's that type of material resource for them to do their work really, really well. And by investing into it, again, as an asset, as a resource, investing into that and saying, we're going to take this capital. We're going to invest into the monthly cost of all of our developers having a seat to use that um, with our clients. We hope that it unlocks them. And so we have lots of tools.
2: Yeah.
1: The tools have to support the work. That's right. And it doesn't mean you always have to have the latest and greatest. You could totally be using something that's a little bit older, but still works really well and is efficient. Um, how many tools, but, how many
0: organizations run off of Excel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the key question is, do our people, have we invested enough in our people through capital um, to where they have the materials and, and the support that they need Yeah, to do their jobs well?
0: And honestly, if, we're, if you and I are honest with what our business model is, is like this spot right here is where we live. I mean, mm-hmm. like this is what we help organizations do is build tools. Right. Um, and we see the in, the investment in that that resources having a pretty high return for mm-hmm. both efficiency or quality or decision making or whatever that might be the right tool. What's your I'm curious, Dan, what's your favorite tool right now? Ooh, good question. Uh, as I work throughout it, the day, uh, personal or SMI? or professional, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple that I was going to share. You know, I real I I live a lot just in Google Docs. Yeah, Google Docs where, or Google Sheets. Uh, both. Okay, but yeah, that's how I'm. I think in outlines and so I put that out there. But then also uh, Microsoft Excel. It's such a good friend to me. Why?
0: <laughs> I hate Excel so I love this. This is just where you and I are so different and it's so good. Um, it's just how our brains work. Mhm. What what makes Excel better than Google Sheets? Um I don't know about
1: There's just a little bit different. If I want to collaborate with someone, yeah. Like I'll I'll definitely put it in Sheets. Or if it's just a really basic like if I'm keeping track of some very minimal data. Mm-hmm that I might eventually share or whatever. Oh yeah. I'll just do Google sheets, but if I'm going to do something, why
0: I ever use Excel Excel for, to me is um, the, the reason I ask is it mm-hmm. feels like so limiting mm-hmm. because it's not collaborative. Anything mm-hmm. that's not collaborative for me, literally like I have a hard time breathing. Like, I mm-hmm. I'm- yeah, I think, exciting.
1: I think Excel are, are for the things that like, you know, I use to kind of manage my own workflow and yeah. certain things. Yeah. Not, it's not definitely not a collaborative thing. Um,
0: and I'm just used to it and it works really great. Familiarity. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I've been trying a couple of new tools. I'm using notion right now, which I think mm-hmm. we've been talking about as a company. Um, mm-hmm. Great wiki document kind of all in one platform, um, mm-hmm. which I usually kind of hate, but they're, they're doing it in a really fluid way. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And then on a personal note, I put this out on LinkedIn the other day. Um, uh, my wife and I we we moved to a new budgeting tool called Monarch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tuck on the team recommended it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried. You need a budget. I've tried Mint. I've tried Honeydew. I've tried what's what's the one you use? Good budget. Good budget. We tried Good Budget for a while, and it was just always something that was like this is fine, but like it right. just little things that bugged me, and I feel like. Monarch's the first one. And I'm like, this tool, like, they, this is very thoughtful. They're doing, they're, they mm. were really thoughtful. I have to about check it out. That. Yeah. I like it. I love a good budgeting tool. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Again, how you love Excel. Oh, QuickBooks. Of course. Quick of course. Books. Yeah. And we do a lot of QuickBooks. So tools are important. Let's wrap it up. Time. Mm. It, it's rules all things. It does, it, and it pull. I mean, I guess all of these are pulling on each other. But time is so interesting. I think about there's a, there's a couple of agencies. I'm sorry for the dinging. There is a device, and it's not it's not this device. I don't know if you can hear it, but there is a device sitting somewhere in our room that, that is getting lots of text right, right now. So I hope you can't hear that. Um, there is a couple other agencies in in the area where we are that that are uh, unfortunately a little notorious for. I shouldn't say just agencies, companies in general mm-hmm. for the, the squeezing the resource of time from their people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meaning overworking their people, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. asking people to put in 60, 80, 100 plus hour weeks, week over week. It's different if it's like one week and you have a special project and they're just Seasonal. like everybody's, yeah, yeah, everybody's rallying together to knock something out. But when it becomes the norm, right? that the expectation recent, yeah it's again diminishing returns on time mm-hmm. so i think there's there's time on the personal hour right um just how much can you get done in an hour and i think the businesses think at the hour level you and know, I we were talking about this yesterday it's like i wish we could think about a different time block than the hour right but it just seems to all come back to it right yeah we should think in seconds yeah how many no. seconds will this take you? <laughs>
1: Let me How many seconds do we have
0: left in this podcast, Dan? <laughs>
1: uh, I think uh, you mentioned something there around structure is if you want to create an organization that has a culture to where it's expected to work 80 hours, that's fine as mm. long as it's stated and you hold to it. If you have a structure mm, where mm, it's like mm. the expectation is 40, 45 hours, but you frequently go to, oh, what's expected of you now is 80. Yeah. Now, again, I'll be the first to say that you know, leaders have to flex within those parameters for a time and, but also be very transparent and tell a why the, the key why as to why this is going to be a temporary thing
0: uh-huh. and
1: why we're going to rally around. Yep. But the thing about structures is that again, people don't like to talk about them. They probably don't think about them much, but if they conflict with anything inside the organization, or if there is the unspoken expectation that these structures are in place for my well-being, but then the disciplines and the the postures within are counter to that. Yeah. It's a bad recipe for bad culture.
0: Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good way to say it in. I, I think you're and then maybe we'll talk about this in our next one. We talk about commitments and expectations, but it's, that is, that is spot on because if you know, you're going in, I think about people that like, uh, you know, what makes me think of, did you ever watch, um, deadliest catch on discovery
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: those guys know they're committing to the harvest season or whatever they call it the the, the fishing season mm-hmm. where they're going to go live on a boat they're going to work 14 hour days sleep for in two hour shifts
2: mm-hmm.
0: for like six weeks solid i don't remember how it was like for a period of time solid make a crap ton of money mm-hmm and then, then have time off. Mm-hmm. But they're committed to, I'm okay putting in a thousand mm-hmm. hours over this next six weeks
2: mm-hmm.
0: because it, I, I'm, I'm clear that that's expectation. Right. I know that's what I'm committing to. Yep. But, but you're right. If they were being told, hey, FYI, um, we, we go out on the boat every day at eight. We come back at five. And then when they get out there, they're like, no, we're going to work till 12. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stay out here for six weeks. We're not going to go back. hmm that would be detrimental to the effectiveness of your people. <laughs> there are no
1: greater fights out in my front yard than when someone changes the rule of wiffle ball during the game. Oh, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't invite someone to play, welcome them in play. And then all of a sudden the rules change. Mm-mm. Let's that talk about doesn't that go the, well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's talk about that. I think that's going to fit right into our next episode. So let's talk yeah. about that on the next episode. Cause that, that is a, that's a big theme. And I think it's going to be a really great way to round out our system model framework thing that we're working on. Um, but I think, I think I want to encourage from a, from a, from a perspective. As you as a leader or you as a contributor or you as a member of a team or your team as a member of an organization, thinking about your capital, thinking about the people that are on your team and the capabilities, thinking about the tools that you're using and thinking about the time that you have, if you're not setting very clear expectations, if you're not communicating these things to each other really, really well... Um, and then really thinking about how do you invest. Oh, that's maybe that's that's a theme. How do you invest into these things? Mm-hmm. Not once, but like any good investment, you you keep putting more in, keep putting more in, keep putting more in. Um, thinking about the long game of all this, then the resources become more valuable over time.
1: Yep. Compound interest.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Resources.
1: They're important. Don't overlook them. Talk about them. Be transparent.
0: And and put constraints in place to be creative with them. Yep. Okay. All right. I think I think we've done it. I think we've 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 talked about resources. I like it. We're in a weird mood today. <laughs> We are. It's, okay, Friday. I, it's Friday. It's where Friday where we're at. Right I don't know what,
1: it, weekend. what it's what it's going to be for those individuals who li- are listening to this. But yeah, if you're listening to it on a Friday, we can empathize with your future state.
0: It comes out on Mondays. Yeah, but but not hey, of- listens on Mondays. That's right. Right. Um. I, we haven't done this in a while because we've kind of, kind of consolidated our episodes a bit, but I, I do want to thank you all for listening. We Dan and I get to nerd out and have these conversations and part of this is us getting to process through stuff that we're just thinking about as an organ as, as leaders, as humans. and um, I hope it's useful for D, for you. If it is useful for you, would you please go to iTunes or to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a, leave us a rate. Rating a rate. Leave us a rate. Leave us a rate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because we do have fun doing this, but it does take time and resources, um, and um, effort, um, and as leaders, we want to be giving this out into the world, uh, but we also would love to know if you're enjoying it. So, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that little request out there because I haven't done that in a while, and I want it. Love it, Dan. It's always good chatting with you.
1: Good seeing you, George.
0: This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph
1: Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.